when I first say like my dad, whenever racism happens to me, he just tells me, "Shut up! I need a humble pie." Yeah. So the audience first reaction would be like, "This dad just doesn't have you know a, yeah. uh, a spine. He's just like yeah. he just wants his son son to just subdue to this." But then once I take them through some stories of my dad's growing up or yeah. some of the context he came around, the culture that he was around, people will be like, "Oh, I actually relate to him as well in some way." So yeah. I think just exposure in in the most basic sense can help us sort of appreciate other each other's cultures. Good afternoon and uh, hello. My name is Nyoshani. Most of you guys know me as Shani. And I'll be your host today. And uh, yeah, I am accompanied by two amazing guests, uh, Simba and Ram, who uh, will in a bit introduce themselves as they have uh, a lot of stories and experiences to share too, the topic of today. And uh, yeah, about myself, I am a philosophy, politics and economics student at the VU and uh, yeah, was invited to host this podcast by uh, We The People at this point. Uh, thanks a lot and shout out to We The People for granting us with this amazing opportunity. And uh, today we're going to dive into a very interesting topic, I believe, uh, namely the topic of culture clashes. Um, so yeah, when cultures meet and uh, experience friction. And uh, yeah, our guests have a lot of uh, life experience and uh, perspectives and opinions that I am very much looking forward to explore together with you guys. And yeah, without further ado, um, yeah, maybe introduce yourselves, maybe share some of your stories. Um, let's start with Ram, the comedian, the traveling comedian, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, my my name is Ram. I'm uh, originally from India, but like a traveling comedian, I was first always been a traveler. So I lived around five different countries. I grew up in India, then I lived in the U.S. for a little bit, then moved to Italy in the middle, then <laughs> lived in Spain, and now I live in the Netherlands. So I can't really say I'm uh, belonging to one particular culture. So very multicultural in my background. Right now, for the last couple of years, I've been a stand-up comedian in Amsterdam, but pretty much every month I'm traveling around Europe, making the most out of my Schengen visa, <laughs> <laughs> trying to, yeah, <laughs> trying to yeah. do comedy everywhere. Yeah, yes. before you lose it. Eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Five more years, so <laughs> let's hope uh, oh. yeah, I make the most of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah my name is uh, Simba. Um, the name has nothing to do with the uh, Lion King. Uh, it's actually from uh, Zimbabwe, where it means uh, strength. That's where my mother is from. My father is from the Netherlands. Uh, I lived in both countries, although I also lived a long time in South Africa. Uh, just like Nyoshani, I did uh, philosophy, politics, and economics, although I already finished that. I'm still on it. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now I'm working at an NGO that's basically focused on uh, building health systems in uh, African countries. And on the side, I also run a small uh, YouTube channel called uh, My Take, where I talk about uh, geopolitical issues. Yeah. Lovely, awesome. lovely, lovely. Yeah, now hearing the story behind your name, that explains your physique, my man. <laughs> like, nice. um, lovely. So, yeah, what inspired me to do this, um, this podcast was I was sitting on the Amsterdam metro, and uh, I was observing a situation. There were, like, uh, I think three or four young black men and they were like talking and having fun you know and they were talking loud but next to them there was like a old dutch couple really uncomfortable like a white dutch couple where you could see like 
oh, there's something happening here. There's friction, you know? Right. And I was like, so what is happening here? Because both are acting out of a place of like um, what they're familiar with, you know? Mm -hmm. Like their, their default mode of like habits, ideas, and costumes, and norms, and expectations of how people behave. So I found it interesting to explore, okay, there's, there's something happening here, the, the friction. And it reminded me of uh, a Mozambican friend of mine who once said, hey, German buses, it's like depression. Yeah. Nobody is speaking. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, like, oh, you know, in Mozambique, everybody's like hitting the walls when the joke is good. It's like, ah! You know? <laughs> and people are just talking to strangers, whereas, like, in Germany, like, of course, not always, right? But when you enter the bus, it's expected for you to, like, you know, be collected. Yeah. And uh, so I started thinking about culture clashes, and, you know, culture is a big word. Um, I even Googled it before the show to see like, okay, like what, what framework are we using? Yeah. And um, mostly it's like, I don't know, like the norms, ideas, habits, and expectations of a group of people, which means, you know, you can have different cultures, obviously within countries and uh, cultures, so to say. So I thought, I want to hear of people who've definitely experienced, you know, some culture clashes and maybe see, yeah, what personal anecdotes you maybe have or how you incorporate that in your work life or yep. experience life or private life. And uh, yeah, start with the Schengen visa race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I would say culture clashes are one of the main uh, reasons or fuel for me to even get into stand-up comedy because uh, I've lived since I was like a teenager. I've lived mostly outside of India. That means like when you're young and you don't really have the maturity, you're sort of subjected to a lot of cultural differences. But when I sort of grew into myself, I don't know if I'm old enough yet, but I'm 24 right now. Mm -hmm. And I felt somewhere around 22 was when I started to feel like I got a grasp of what was happening around me yeah. in terms of different cultures and how they come together. Sometimes they mismatch, sometimes they match. Yeah. And sometimes it goes to the other direction where it could be you face like a racist incident or yeah. things like that. And right before the pandemic was when I had the tipping point of the culture clashes just surrounding me so much and it was so evident in every walk of my life that i had to talk about it i didn't have a choice <laughs> like, it's like, it's like hey i have to bring this to yeah. the world and the only sort of platform or the tool that i could use was stand up because that's the only thing i've known all my life which was sort of giving me joy giving me happiness and i thought is there a way i can connect what i'm learning from these cultural differences or what i'm being subjected to and sort of use stand-up as my stage to actually yeah. talk about these things. So I, I definitely understand. And just to give to start off with one example from my end, like uh, one question I always get when I go in like a social setting, especially in Europe, and I'm like holding a glass of water, people are always like, oh, you don't drink because you are... They don't even know the religion, so <laughs> you say like the, the language name, they say like you're Hindi, right? And then I have to explain them Hindi is not a religion is a language and then they're like oh so you're hindu right and i'm like and i have to explain to them i'm an atheist i don't yeah. believe in god then they they're just like how could this even happen like, <laughs> if you if you don't believe in god like why are you not drinking did you ever have a problem with drinking and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very alcoholic <laughs> wait, 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 wait who are the people who ask though because i feel like that also shows about their culture yeah. how direct yeah. you can ask yeah it's have a lot of germans a lot of okay. dutch people of course yeah. <laughs> of course yeah and yeah they're shocked that i've always been sober in my life i've never touched alcohol just as a comedian yeah uh, even as a comedian yeah, yeah. which makes it even 
crazy. So, and the reason being is that in my culture, where I come from a small town in South India, yeah. drinking is not really part of our social setting. Yeah. And even though I've transported across the world, I've always been, at the end of the day, I'm still myself. I'm yeah, still the yeah. kid from that town. I still have similar values to what I was growing up with. So drinking is just not one of them. And it's hard to explain to people that yeah. it's just, it's, just it's not, not part of my culture, but yeah. people just think like, oh, he, there must be something else, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, culture clashes is definitely, yeah. Maybe I also need to thank them, you know, because <laughs> I have a stand-up comedy <laughs> career now that I get to talk about these things and sort of look at some of the bias that I have, what people have. And yeah, yeah definitely culture clashes, I think. Yeah, it's, it's sort of part of my life and I try to use my work to sort of bring that out. So, but like yeah. one one question when you say like you use your work to bring it out, yeah. is it like do you feel the need to just voice what you're observing, or because you said like okay you want to share what you've learned, or is it like yes. do you want to critique society or do you want to critique some practices like like what's happening there? Do you want to point out the clash yeah. like hey look there's an accident happening here? Or for me, know. it's more about uh, th different comics use like different styles. For me, I like pointing it out. I don't necessarily want to tell people this is the way you need to solve it or yeah. this is the way you have to deal with I don't want to police them yeah. in like this is what's the right thing to do but I want to point out like how ridiculous it is <laughs> <that> <laughs> yeah. you, you don't see the you know basic difference that it's just people from different cultures approaching it in a different way but sometimes you just assume all these things around that you don't really get to the heart of it yeah okay. sometimes you assume all the things around that you don't really get to the heart of it yeah you mean like of the culture? Of the culture, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, and that's a, that's. This yeah. is what we mentioned earlier: yeah. is that like it's, it's comedy, but at some point it's like so, so, so deep you could say, or like so, yeah, yeah underlying societal critique. Yeah, but, yeah. but I, I, I must add <laughs> here though, uh, I don't know if you guys watched it yet. Uh, one of the greatest comedians of all time, yeah. Norm Macdonald. What? Norm Macdonald. Norm. Yeah, Norm. Like and no people okay. just call me Norm. We call him Norm, yeah. and uh, <laughs> 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 I'm nowhere close. Yeah, you aspire to be him. <laughs> I don't think I can aspire. He's just beyond greatness. Okay. But he he put out a comedy special uh, that came out yesterday, actually. That it's kind of unique because he did it all on sort of like a self recording mm. uh, oh. by himself because he died like a oh. couple of months ago, and oh. once he knew he was going under the surgery, like he decided, I'm just gonna use this as a last shot to Final to just record what material I've built, like the hour, and he just did it for himself. It's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. He did it for himself. For himself, there's no audience. Wow, okay. okay. And then in that, one of the first jokes he does is like, uh, comedians get called modern day philosophers. I think that's pretty insulting to modern day philosophers. Because <laughs> 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 I saw we were just going in that direction. I have to acknowledge though that, <laughs> that if you're a modern day philosopher, I have a lot of respect okay. for you. So all philosophers, you're not being attacked. No, exactly. There's a clear distinct line between <laughs> philosophers. Because I might be sitting beside two philosophers. Ah. You guys have <laughs> background well, in education. Uh, so ah, ah, <laughs> ah, ah. Is, uh, we, yeah. We've read a bit, but I, I, pff, I, yeah. I'm not a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd aspire more to be a comedian if I could choose. <laughs> uh, I'm not, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Yo, and Simba, what about you? What are your experiences with culture clashes? Because, I mean, you've had, let's say, very different living environments, you yeah. know, very different like, uh, yeah, surroundings that could like, you know, 
put you in a situation with that. But also you have it on the digital world as well, you know, because like you are engaging with comments or with the uh, on your YouTube channel and like with responses and reactions to your videos. So I'm curious to hear what what culture clashes have been presented in your life or what they've done or. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I think my experience has been a little bit different from you, Ram. I guess because for me, I've sort of been, let's say, at the not on either one side of the culture clash, but sort of in the middle, on both sides, sort of yeah. looking, looking in and looking out at yeah. the same time, wow. yeah. sort of. So obviously, here in the Netherlands, you know, I am Dutch on yeah. my father's side, and I'm also Zimbabwean. So I kind of, I kind of have this thing where most of the cultural norms of Dutch people are also normal to me and mm. but at the same time not everyone always expects that of me. that it's normal to you yeah because people might perceive you as oh you must be an immigrant or you yeah. must be the child of an immigrant that's very or interesting yeah and so in that sense people when i say certain things or that i do certain things or that i eat certain foods or these kind of things right. people are surprised they're like oh really you, you, <laughs> you eat stompot or yeah, you know yeah, yeah. like these kind of things <laughs> yeah so in that sense, you kind of see and navigate both sides. Yep. And then on the other side, also just within my own family, I guess you could say that there are sort of cultural, I don't, maybe I don't want to call them clashes, but yeah. you see the differences in culture. You see, yeah. you know, my father's side, Dutch, super direct, yeah. straight to the point. And the Zimbabwean side is much more nuanced. We don't want to say no, we yeah. say yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically these kind of things and sort of navigating, you know, basically both sides of, of different cultural divides and, yeah, both in the Netherlands, obviously here, yeah. but also, for instance, when I lived in South Africa for a very long time because there, you know, it's quite a, this is a society that wants to put everyone into a box right. yeah. and I didn't quite fit into any of the boxes that are already established there, yeah. which was both a good and a bad feeling yeah. because it was good in the sense that I kind of felt almost above the fray like that I didn't have to be part of these boxes but it's also yeah. bad in that you don't really have any any group or, or, or that you can really fall back on in a sense so in that sense that was sort of my experience in in life with culture clashes or navigating you know different cultures but don't you feel like that your position being of mixed culture cultures gives you like a superpower so to say in the sense because like it gives you a bit of clarity in observing both systems operating or both let's say norms or both ways of behaving and just you see how both sides are, are functioning would you say like that has played out to your advantage yeah, or it, has it, it, it like more made you more confused or <laughs> no it's, it's kind of one of these things it's like what is it not, not just best of both worlds but like um at home everywhere and nowhere type yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's one of these things that, that you kind of feel this almost privilege that, oh, I, I can I can navigate myself anywhere. Yeah. Pick and choose, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you can, in, a, in some ways, pick and choose, but also people tend to want to put you in a box right. that you n don't quite fit into because you are, like, a f you are both. So, you know, you're in the Netherlands, people tend to view you as, oh, you're immigrant or child of immigrant, but I'm not really that, so. Yeah, yeah then it's different and then you know in Zimbabwe people say oh you're the Dutch guy you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like yeah so in each in e each side kind of wants to view you as the other because that's that's sort of what they or that that's what they see as different about you you know yeah. 
I, I mean, being of a mixed culture myself, or mixed race, uh, Mozambique and German, uh, I have a similar experience. And I have the feeling that it's like, oftentimes you are wanted to be perceived as the other, partially, or like, because like, there is something yeah. other, yeah. but as soon as you do something that's good for the team, ah, you're out, you're out. like, ah, you're Have you watched the racial draft? No, no, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, race draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah They're like Tiger Woods. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of uh, us. Obama, yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. No, but I, I could really sympathize yeah. with what you said about Zimbabweans being indirect. I remember uh, flying back to Mozambique after like having spent a long time in Germany, and uh, you know just being in the operating system of a German person. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I well, call it operating system, right? Because right? I just arrive. And you arrive at the airport, right? And I wanted to pick up this like trolley where you put your luggage on. Mm -hmm. So and there was a man watching the trolleys. Uh, that was his job. And this could go in a whole another direction, but uh, I'll keep it. I'll keep it short. And I asked the sir, uh, "Excuse me, can I have the trolley?" And he looked at me and said, "Good afternoon." How are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, eesh. Okay, that was a, a slight reminder of like, okay. Um, yeah, like yeah. You, you have to adapt, you know? Right. Yeah. But it's always like, I think it's interesting when you have like, it's the individual or let's say, because in this case, I was a, you could say from his perspective, foreigner in the context of where the majority operates according to one culture. Yeah. But yeah. as soon as that is a bit more it's not like as soon as the power imbalance is not as big and you have actually like more of a group thing happening it's like what happens then you know yeah. and um that's something i also find super interesting but do you uh, simba did you have any experiences of culture clashes in the digital world so to say with your youtube channels on geopolitics because i mean like politics is a heavy topic no matter mm -hmm. what culture you <laughs> you're nah, from i mean <laughs> like with youtube it's it's par for the core that you know you sometimes have crazy uh, crazy comments yeah. although yeah. i will say most of the comments have been quite positive but i think the main thing is that i do sometimes notice that even though i try to be obviously i have my opinion but i still try to be sort of balanced in terms of the perspectives of different yeah. countries yeah. or regions, but I, you, you do kind of catch yourself that, oh, this is actually kind of a, a very Western-oriented stance. Or right. yeah. when you say, we should do this, or us, yeah. that, that without realizing it, I actually just mean, let's say, Europe or the West or yeah. this, but that's not voiced explicitly, but yeah. act actually it is. And then sometimes you catch yourself or someone in the mm -hmm. comments might point out something like that and you think, oh, that's actually right, that you don't always think about, let's say, the ingrained uh, like biases in your own perspective that you right. might have yeah. when it comes to like, who is we or what, what, you know, what is important in, in the geopolitical world. Do you sometimes have culture clashes within yourself? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> you say we, you know, like sometimes I like I don't know which team to choose for, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm talking on the European behalf now, but like ah, actually no, no, this is the African in me. I'm like ah, so um, I wouldn't necessarily say in, in in that sense because in terms of the the type of content I cover, I I do actually have covered quite a few African topics, but of course you also realize that the audience is mainly yeah. Western, so you kind of have to almost because yeah. of the market yeah. forces yeah. go a certain way mm -hmm. to some extent, so it's, it's yeah. more in that vein. Fair enough. 
Fair so speaking of audiences, we had the digital audience in Simba's case, but Ram, mm -hmm. you have to face your audience almost every night on every stage. Every night, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And have you had any culture clashes like facing the audience? I mean, like you've traveled to Berlin, Paris, mm -hmm. UK, Spain, Barcelona, yep, yep. the Netherlands, also maybe different parts of the Netherlands. Maybe Amsterdam is different than, I don't know where you've been, Utrecht, Rotterdam. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, do you have any experiences of culture clashes there or? Definitely, I think uh, people, <laughs> people usually, uh, sometimes when I have a good show, like they come up to me and they ask me, they find out a little bit about me, the fact that every month I'm pretty much dividing my time between different cities in Europe and traveling around. The first thing they ask me is like, how are the audience in France or how are the audience uh. in Germany? Do they laugh at the same things or things like that? And I've noticed that in a very subtle way actually in France because <laughs> I have some jokes uh, where I'm talking about this. Uh, I think you guys were there when we did the storytelling night yeah. uh, at Mezrab and I was talking about a story about me trying to go eat an apple pie. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then... Uh, it's a good story about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then being asked to basically sign a waiver yeah. and no other pe person was all white was asked to sign this waiver, like sort of put me in this place. And I had a similar experience in France as well. With the, with the waiver? With, with the waiver, yeah, okay, with, with the okay, QR okay. code. Yeah, yeah. Nobody was asked for the QR code, I was asked for the QR code, and I, and I was just trying to adapt this story to that, yeah. and tell it in a French context, and I was trying to make fun of like French food. Oh. And <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> and <laughs> you can imagine. So I was talking about, uh, I mean the joke is not, not the, not the most, uh, like unique observation yeah. it's just saying like uh, I asked French people what kind of food should I eat so I wanted to ask them like what kind of potatoes should I start consuming yeah, uh, and yeah. ju just just like that and it's just a brown guy making fun of white uh, people's <laughs> food that they all eat potatoes like that's the joke but then when I do it in the Netherlands people love it like people yeah, like yeah. Uh, especially when I do it in like Amsterdam very international yeah. places like sometimes even Eindhoven where there's a lot of students yeah, Tilburg yeah. They love this joke, like when I say it in the joke format. But then I did the same joke in France. The first time I, d I do it, like, I don't get anything. It's just crickets. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just, it just I, I could see it in their faces where they were just like, did he just do this to us? No. <laughs> like, no. And then <laughs> the next no. time, I, because I am me, I'm like, this is my joke. It's it's like I've, uh, I've worked on it for yeah. so long. It's like your baby. Tested in different places. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then I do it next night in a different place and I still get crickets. So I was just like, okay, this is, there's something going on here. Yeah. So I was just talking to the audience after the show and one of the guys who was French, like he comes up to me and he's like talking about stuff. He, he seemed a bit not happy with the yeah. way I was talking. So I was like, what was wrong with my act? Like, what do you think? And he's like, yeah. You made uh, fun of French food, like we don't take that lightly. <laughs> 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 I was like, okay, yeah, I thought I was. His reaction was like, you know, like I just uh, disappointed him about his favorite politician or yeah. sports person, but it was just food, <laughs> like, yeah. and he just took it to heart. And yeah, they, they, we don't like that around here. I was like, okay, <laughs> I will keep that in mind. But yeah, there's definitely, I would say, like, uh, based on the culture you're uh, performing to, I would say you need to sort of keep that in mind. You can't yeah. just, uh, yeah, if the, you could say the same thing, but I'm sure you can just adapt it to the setting, yeah, definitely. So what do you like take out of that for yourself of navigating culture clashes? 
like is there in the sense like a not a skill but like a, a strategy or something or a thought you develop because like I think you've been thrown in that situation of culture clashes more than more than enough in the sense yep. that like you yeah how you handle those situations basically honestly I think the best way to approach for me like when there's yeah. culture clash and I want to navigate it is to be honest with the crowd as to what I see it like okay so if, if it's if it's let's say like the French joke is not working like French food joke yeah. and I address it yeah. that here in France like people don't like and then people like kind of come on board that you see what they see as yeah. well so yeah. sometimes when this clash happens I think the best way is to sort of address it head on okay. and people will sort of come in your group or at least come on your side and be like okay I kind of relate with this guy but it's also I think it's important for people to not only understand uh, the joke or the, the story that you're telling but your perspective mm. if they see it from it's kind of like the movie like if you watch a movie you're looking at it from that movie standpoint mm. you're not comparing when you're watching the a scene with some scene from different movies right mm. you just watch it from the world so I think if you transport the people to the world that you're in mm. by taking them into your perspective I think it makes navigating that culture clash a bit easier or at least making it easier for people to see it yeah well uh, yeah definitely and so similar like you know you being the politician on the couch not the politician <laughs> <laughs> but let's say like you know most acquainted with politics having the geopolitics channel uh working for an ngo do you think that this idea or like this this concept what i'm just presented is applicable on a policy level Oof, I know, I actually, you know, actually I should give you half an hour to write something. Well, well, oh, oh, oh. But I was just thinking, because it's like, yes. like this, what you just presented is such mm -hmm. a, a good human approach in the sense like, because what I feel is at stake at culture clashes is that in the moment of friction, it's because people don't understand where they're coming from. Let's say, for yes. example, the, um, the case where I was trying to pick up the trolley, right? The, the German would think like, why is he wasting my time? Why, why yes, do yeah. we need to have small talk how mm -hmm. I'm doing? Like, this does not matter at all. And from his perspective, it's like, why? Why are you disrespecting me? me why are yep. you being so rude? Like, not acknowledging the human and just like, yeah, instrumentalizing it. And so I was thinking like, okay, like, you know, and basically that's the same thing you're doing on stage, you know, yeah. like you're, um, you know, sharing your perspective with the audience. Like, hey, look, this is what I see. Right? This exactly. Is I this is from. how I see it. Yep. Um, so I was thinking like, so now, but like now you live in, in, now we live in, you know, countries such as the Netherlands and cities like Amsterdam, where there's so many cultures, you know, just like meeting, you know. And I was like, do you have any thoughts on top of your head? I know this is a multi-billion, uh, <laughs> multi <laughs> a billion dollar question, but like if you have any thoughts where you could say like, oh, this is actually something that, you know, could be addressed through, let's say, I don't know, policies or politics or whatever or I mean, maybe maybe we need to create a whole new culture i don't know like a, a i mean in terms of uh politics i don't know because i'm not sure that these kind of things are always best addressed by politics okay. because politics obviously has its own incentives and i think the incentive of politics is to play into whatever gut feeling we have Right. to play into yeah to play okay. into whatever yeah. gut feeling we have when so you say we in this case you're referring to we who, well whoever well voters yeah everyone. okay okay, yeah, okay voters okay. so that could be you know the people who feel that their culture is under threat yeah but also the people who feel like oh everyone should just be multicultural so on, so on either side politicians 
I think have more of an incentive to just double down on whatever position they've established. Yeah. So I'm not sure that it's, I mean, ideally maybe yes, but I'm not sure realistically that it's the domain of politics. I think it's more the domain of society itself and yeah. actors within society. Like comedians. To do that. So it turns out comedians are not philosophers but politicians. <laughs> 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 Boom. <laughs> 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 Case closed. Yeah, I do, I do have uh, two cents on this, which I think I, I've learned it in my life. Like how can we bring sort of yeah. awareness or uh, people together when how to solve, let's say, cu culture clashes yeah. in a utopian world. Okay. But I would say more exposure to other cultures is a great starting point. Like so basically, we're just going to start a program and take yeah. all kids and drop them in like five different I'm, I'm countries. I'm not talking <laughs> in the <laughs> just like your life. No, 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 no. I, I don't mean in like the in a bureaucratic or a political yeah. sense, yeah. but just on an individual level. Like yeah. if you put yourself in front of other cultures, yeah. I think it gives you much more appreciation for 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 their point of view. You yeah. may still disagree with yeah. it, but you will still be like you yeah. can see the point. Like uh, that's something w what I also do on the stage sometimes when I talk about like my Indian parents or their conservative beliefs, yeah. I, I kind of humanize them yeah. and talk about their perspective. And then sometimes audience, when I first say like my dad, whenever racism happens to me, he just tells me, shut up, I need a humble pie. Yeah. So the audience first reaction would be like, this dad just doesn't have, you know, a, yeah. uh, a spine. He's just like, yeah. he just wants his son's son to just subdue to this. But then once I take them through some stories of my dad's growing up or yeah some of the context he came around, the culture that he was around, people will be like, oh, I actually relate to him as well in some way. So yeah. I think just exposure in in the most basic sense can help us sort of appreciate other each other's cultures. No, but that's definitely true. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, now the, the, the politics side is coming out, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's been, I mean, there's been a lot of studies on this that basically people who are more exposed to different kinds of people are also more tolerant and less opposed and the areas where people are most opposed to you know immigrants or whatever are also the areas yeah. that don't have them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's 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 not in Amsterdam where this is happening it's, it's no. in places where people are less exposed to different kinds of people but on a globalized level I ask myself is exposure even avoidable like can you even like I believe everybody should be exposed to yes. as many cultures as possible mm -hmm. but let's say for that hardlining person who just doesn't like who's just this upfront racist yeah. and just wants to stick within their bubble. I'm like, I feel like you're playing a losing game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, oh, oh I, I see mixed reactions here. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a question of numbers, right? You, there's exactly. nothing where you yeah. can get everyone, but it's exactly. like the attitudes of a society can shift radically. I mean, just think about in the States, let's say the attitude to interracial marriage. Yeah. Like, 60 years ago, 90% against. Exactly. Today, yeah. maybe 10% against. Yeah, yeah. So you may never get that 10%, but I mean, it makes a diff big difference whether it's 90 or 10. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah. And definitely. I'm also a kid that was actually, uh, it's not part of a project, but uh, I ended up being the first brown person in a town in Oklahoma. <laughs> like the, the whole like town? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I can kind oh of my God. understand wha what you oh were talking about, where, oh. like, it, could exposure solve things, right? <laughs> That's your question. Uh, I kind of feel like uh, uh, my. Uh, like sorry, that was sorry. That was That's a lot. Bro. That's, That's a lot. The first one, <laughs> the only yes. one. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's oh part my of God. my comedy act, like where I talk about like being the first brown guy. I just 
of course, I fictionalized a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like throw people under the bus. Like yeah, yeah, they're yeah. all human beings. I'm a human being, but I can kind of I actually personally experienced it. Like where the f- initial reception was obviously like uh, now that Trump has won. Like when are you going back to your own country? <laughs> hey, Muslim! I have seen these things. Like I got wow. like kicked out of my bike. Like a few situations like that's why i do comedy so <laughs> i need an outlet to talk about these things yeah. but i'm not saying it's stockholm syndrome but yeah. with time when people started seeing me for myself yeah. a little more they started of started to sort of acknowledge me as a person and yeah. sort of uh, realize that they, i'm more than just this brown guy that yeah. came to take away all their jobs i mean of course there were other brown people with time in that yeah. in that town that i'm talking about but the initial reaction was obviously like what is this new culture invading us kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. but then i think with time people start seeing me for who i am maybe they haven't fully transformed yeah. they're hardline conservatives they have their beliefs but still i think exposure is not a bad thing and Sure, like not every town you can plant an Indian guy to go and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Expo- exposure strategy. <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna be traumatic for the guy for yeah. <laughs> for five years of his life until he gets on the stage. He can't really figure out how to talk about. It's like your new comedian school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, a yeah. social revolution and comedy and one. But like having touched on the topic of racism. Yes. Um, what I was asking myself, where is the, like, is there a difference between mm. culture clashes and racism, in your opinion, or like, like where are they connected and where are they distinct? Like, yeah, yeah I think I think I have an interesting story on that one actually. Shoot, shoot, shoot. So shoot. yeah, back when I was a student, not back that long then, ago, like <laughs> three days ago, <laughs> like two years ago, but before Corona. But before yeah, Corona. No, I did. I had you a see. I had a job at an agency where you know, like a horeca job. We worked yeah. in different bars events whatever so we had one event where we had to actually work at farms yeah. because it was basically some sort of event related to Albert Hain where people could come to the farm and taste the different goods but I anyway see that on their advertisement they always mention farms you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway so um, I, I went with one colleague who mm-hmm. was a, a Czech girl okay and we went to this farm and we arrived early in the morning uh, and there was the the, the grandma there and the grandma was really annoyed by the fact that the Czech girl could not speak Dutch. But she was very open to me, the non-white guy, yeah. but yes. who could speak Dutch. Yes. And then later on um, in the day, some um, Muslim people with hijabs also arrived there. And, uh, and she saw them walking past the window and she said, <gasps> Badalanders, <gasps> foreigners. <laughs> But but you, <laughs> which I found yeah. I found that very perplexing that she, kind of had different views. She she felt different ways about different people. That for me, she didn't seem to have a problem with my race somehow because I, maybe she felt I was acculturated. She, then the white girl you know looks like her yeah. but couldn't speak Dutch. She was annoyed by that. And then the yeah. Muslim people look different and uh, you know behave different. That was. On top of a, that was, you know, even more. There's a word for this. It's called model minority. What? A model minority. A uh, model minority. So the kind uh, of minority you want. Yeah, the basically. So yeah, yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. like there, there's some kind of nuance that I feel like, yeah. depending on like the degree of cultural difference, yeah. people like become more or less opposed to to certain people and certain groups. 
Because that's basically what I experience a lot. Because obviously I just speak Dutch and everything, and yeah. that's all normal to me. So people are just are less opposed. But someone yeah. who's clearly very very different, yeah. it's like, <gasps> but who's like, this? But like she didn't know if they speak Dutch or not because they just walked by. Well, no, she has, she she just assumed based yeah. on what they were wearing, which was that the headscarves. Okay. So okay. like, oh, yeah. they're foreigners. I actually face I relate to this so much because I'm always the lot of for a lot of my white friends you have to tell me from our colored perspective <laughs> for a lot of my white friends I'm the good Indian friend you know in which sense the in good Indian because friend because I'm I'm an Indian that has traveled around Wait, they they say they, they literally like say that to you you can feel the difference okay. like uh, I'm not talking just at work but also okay. outside when I have like uh, my neighbors or the way they treat the other Indians who are sort of in their Indian community they yeah. speak more of their like mother tongue to each other yeah. and then when they speak English I'm not saying I do know I have an American accent for sure yeah. I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke that was a joke I do know I have you an Indian accent but I know mine is not as maybe thick as the others yeah. and sometimes people come up to me like people actually come up to me and be like dude I like the way you speak Indian accent I'm like what, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? And then they start, of course, they start like being racist to the other Indian, being like, "Oh, when that guy speaks, I can't understand a word, but when you speak, I understand everything." And that's sort of a case of this, where no. we're both Indians, but then they like me more, yeah. just because uh, maybe some of the thoughts I say are a bit Western, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe not traditionally Indian, and they just think like, "Oh, this guy is a safe minority." A safe minority. Yeah, that's what oh. I meant by model yeah. minority. It's the kind of brown that you want you know he, he still has exposed <laughs> oh my yeah, yeah. God. i have oh. a big problem with that like when that happens i of course uh, spend an hour <laughs> talking to them about uh, what's appropriate or not but it, the first time it happened to me it blew my mind F first time i was like oh is that a compliment that he <laughs> but wait he's no, just no. bashing all brown people <laughs> yeah. and using me to you know do that and i was just like okay Th there is levels to this yeah yeah was were the people aware of that when they were doing that to you? They were not. Yeah, it's just a it's just an inherent reaction that yeah, came out yeah, and yeah, yeah. sort of once I talked to them, they were like, "Oh, that's kind of racist." They learn, yeah. But no, it just it just makes me think because if you look at a city like Amsterdam, which yeah. you could say people are more accepting or whatever, but even Amsterdam, you kind of see that not so much in terms of race but you see that there's now very very many um, foreigners especially actually white foreigners from right. Europe who don't speak Dutch who've been yeah. living here for years and probably won't learn Dutch anytime soon and then you kind I'm, of I'm, wonder I'm if very, you're I'm very close to that category but then, then I, I can understand that people say Got it. shouldn't I mean okay we can all speak yeah. English sure but sh shouldn't people start learning Dutch at some yes, point yes, and yes. then at that point I wouldn't necessarily that say that that's that's racism. That there's some there's some sort of a line, definitely. And yeah, yeah it, it's sort of difficult. Where 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 does that cross? Because I guess maybe people have some sort of expectation that you know if you come to a new place that yeah. you adapt in some ways. Yeah. But of course, it's also a bit too far fetched to say that people should change everything about themselves. Oh, yeah. definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, touching on that, I found it scary how easy it is to. Uh, not speak Dutch in the Netherlands. <laughs> like yeah. this was like yeah. out of all the places I've traveled and lived right. in, I was like, like you, you literally are not forced to make any effort to like yeah. integrate, which is uh, like language-wise, yeah. which is 
on the one hand, it makes life for expats or people who are traveling or international students or whatever easier. On the other hand, it's like, I was a bit concerned. I was like, uh, like, like where did, where, where's your language going to go? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a weird one, I must say. Um, yeah. It's yeah, because I, I would argue that in some ways that it maybe even hinders the cultural exchange. Because oh, I feel definitely. like w what it does, it kind definitely. of creates bubbles. You know, you've got right. all these Dutch people who just speak Dutch to each Dutch. other, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then these foreign people who are in this whole sort of international bubble speaking yeah, English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, how do you how do you solve that? Because you don't want to just say to everyone, hey, why don't you speak Dutch? Exactly. But at the same time, you do want to create a bit of incentive. So you, it's, you, yes. you say like, hey, why don't you speak Dutch? It's like, hey, here's a free Dutch course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, definitely. What I, what I thought about this, I think that in many cases, racism is a culture clash, but culture clashes aren't necessarily racist. Sure. So sure. that you have like yeah. situations where like, it's like comparing an Android to an iOS. Like it's just a different operating system, and, yeah. and people are talking past each other, like completely past each other. Um, but um, but in racism, there's always this bit of like uh, like like it's a clash. But there's like one culture assuming superiority and exactly. uh, legitimate dominance over the other, yeah. which is like uh, I think I don't know if that is like the dividing line, but it's like it's a. I think that's the, the the buffer zone where you're like, okay, this is where they, um, yeah, trans transgress. And I think racism also has like consequences that can be real. Like yeah. maybe culture class sometimes it could be sort of yeah. maybe more emotional uh, yeah. difference that you feel. But racism sometimes, like let's say, in that story that I was talking about, I had to sign a paper yeah. to be able to get the same yeah. result as other white people. Yeah. So the racism, I think in more ways than one can materialize into actual consequences. Maybe you're not getting an opportunity. Maybe you being no, not able to get the same privilege as the other people. Yeah. So it, it has a bit more of a consequence, I think. I, yeah. would, I would partially agree and partially disagree in the sense that you, like, you don't get the same result through intention, so to say. Like, right. like there's a, in somebody intentionally or that there's a sense. system with intention that you don't get the same result. Yeah. But um, let's say I was just thinking, for example, there's many culture clashes where you really don't get the result just because you don't understand what is happening. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, no, I definitely. In that sense, yeah, definitely makes but sense. I would say also one of the key, I think, differences with racism is that I think racism actually almost fails to take into account the cultural difference because racism mm. then says, I haven't even checked if you are culturally similar. You look like this, yeah. so no. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Already, so racism yeah. actually already before the clouded. interaction even happens says yeah. no. Just like not you. No, no, not even there is no culture. There is yeah. like no, like just no. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But like wait, picking up on what you said, so you meant that basically in the case of racism, you just get different outcomes. No, I meant uh, the outcome can get more affected by racism. Like uh, for example, like if there's a culture clash it may not materialize into actual real yeah, consequences yeah, yeah, you know yeah, like, yeah, like where you have to do something extra because they're being racist yeah, yeah, or yeah. let's say a cop is stopping you and asking you more questions yeah. compared to other okay, people okay. you know yeah. i think that it just feels it hits home a bit more in evident ways than yeah. i would say culture clash might be like more subtle yeah, yeah it might yeah. exist around but racism it's kind of like yeah 
No, that's that's very true. Yeah, that's the proof the is in the pudding, I guess. Yeah, the proof is. In, I'll steal that yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> no, that that definitely yeah. definitely hits home. Um, the the reason why I was responded a bit nuanced was um, because I was just reflecting a situation where I was um, walking through one of the streets in Mozambique, and um, I was just walking right, and all of a sudden, this uh, young woman called me like, "Hey, hey, la un charm, no vas dizer nada." In the sense, like, "Yo, hit on me. You're not gonna say anything." <laughs> and I was like, "Ah!" Oh. <laughs> so like, 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 yeah. like, I've like, I've spent ten years in Germany. Never on the public street has anybody said, "Hey, hit yeah. on me," right? Yeah. And is this, this a humble brag or is it a story? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Oh, I'm, sorry, right? <laughs> I, I'm a joker. Here. I'm a clown. I'm sorry. <laughs> <That was I'm laughs> sorry. Wow, putting me on the spot like that. <laughs> no, it was this was more in the sense because like because interesting that you, they they perceived that way because what was happening in my head was like these like like hitting on people on the streets in Europe is no no. Like, no. like that is a sin, you know, and it's like justifiably so. Like, let's say we can have a whole discussion on that, but it's like it's a there's rules and norms in place, you know, to like enable everybody safety and uh, a pleasant walk through the streets, right? Yes. So now coming out of this programming of being in Europe, you know, where you like you respect each other's like you know uh, distance and you, you don't expect to be let's say hit on by strangers in the public. It happens, but like you don't expect it, and it's not, let's say, looked upon in a good way. Yeah, I was just in shock that somebody would actually want this. That they were like brought up in a culture where they were taught to expect this behavior, you know, or like maybe even requested. And um, so, but I was thinking, I was like, by not hitting on someone in that context, mm -hmm. right? In that context, guys, I'm not saying you should do this in the Netherlands. <laughs> Just make that clear. In that context, you would miss out through, let's say, the result in that situation of making that new contact. You know, so like yep. basically tying it back to to your initial. Got it. Got it. Got it. So yeah. I was that was like, oh wait, like wait, there's like a, um, yeah, not a two-way street. It's like a, a side path, to to that nuance. Yeah, even with culture clash, I think. Like you said, sometimes uh, <laughs> the outcomes may not be achieved or the yeah. outcome might be different. Definitely. But I see that. I see that. Yeah. But racism, I, I meant more in terms of like those outcomes can be sort of negative. Definitely. For and your, yeah. And like crucial outcomes. Like yeah, exactly. Like not getting the job. Like, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. those are relevant yeah, outcomes yeah, yeah. where yeah. you're like it's... Yeah, not being allowed to do something or... Yeah, yeah. Not having apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And I also think, like, uh, I don't know if you guys heard of this thing called caste system. Have uh, you heard of? We have. We yeah. Have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, basically, like, back in the day, like, a bunch of brown guys got together and they were like, if the British are oppressing us, like, can we do that to each other? Like, That's how it happened. Uh, like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to make yeah. light of it. Yeah. But, yeah, similar to racism, we have a Bollywood reboot that exists in India. Bollywood reboot? What do you mean by that? It's a reboot. So, it's... It's kind of similar in flavor, but uh, even our own people like uh, trying to still find some difference and start <laughs> start discriminating flavor. each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. But yeah, I was just wondering, like, do those things exist? Let's say in the Netherlands or Mozambique or Zimbabwe, like, sort of, do people have that kind of clashes? Like. 
you mean within the, like within the culture within the country within the similar within what you could call in a broad scope as let's say culture of zimbabwe or culture of mozambique yeah i think i think i think you could say so i'd say in the netherlands there's just small things that i think you actually have in every country like you could say accent uh, not not discrimination mm. but that certain accents mm. like from the north basically from this part of the netherlands of yuda's more educated better accents from the south okay, of you okay, okay. more more backwards uh, really yeah uh, even though of course it shouldn't actually matter matter yeah yeah and okay. then i mean in zimbabwe there's just different uh, ethnic groups i'd say hmm. so maybe i think uh, because the majority language is shona so i think maybe there's more of an expectation that the shona people are more surprised when other people don't are not able to speak right. shona even though of course there are parts of the country where that's not really spoken. Right. So I'd say in that sense uh, within South Africa. I'm uh, sorry within the Zimbabwe. <laughs> Zimbabwe, yes. Uh, oh, that's a good question. Uh, in the German context, I don't think that there is um, that let's say intra-German discrimination like when it's not let's say against people of migration background because that exists. That right? exists. So you have like racism and yes. like, discrimination but mm -hmm. like based on your accent like People will make fun of it, but I don't think that the like you're not going to get checked by the cops, you know, and like right. like you, you'll still get a job. Like people will look at you weird, but you you yeah. <laughs> you'll okay. still get a job. So right. that's for the German context. For the Mozambican context, having spent a lot of time in Europe, I can't really let's say speak for it. speak yeah. for all of it. Mm -hmm. But what definitely exists is colorism. Hmm. So um, the lighter you are. Oh the yep. more benefits you Got get. Got it. Yes. And that it's is the same back home. Yeah. So it's a horrible, sp yeah horrible leftover let's say of, of colonialism and uh, like what like one moment where I realized this was for example like I, I was walking with my father and we went into a, a steel shop just to get some steel stuff for a project he was working on and the guy attending us he came to me because my dad is Mozambican my mom is German with this which is why I'm this mix yes and he came to me and he's like oh uh, what, I what is it that you're buying I was like no no like he's He's buying. It's like I was like, oh, I thought he's working for you, and I was like, right. <laughs> I was like, like it's my father, you know? Oh, yeah. oh, it's your father. You know, and then they like he looked like in disbelief, you know? And I was no. like, yeah, okay. So like these, and it's like things like this that would happen in the store, you know? So I think mm -hmm. maybe that's our version of the Indian caste system, yeah. you could yeah, say. Yeah. Like, but uh, it's not that people got together. <laughs> no, no. Even in India, they didn't. Get I know, I know. British I know. had yeah, a hand yeah. to divide yeah. and conquer people as well, but yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in that vein, uh, there are also some interesting things in Zimbabwe as well, because obviously my father is the white one, uh, okay, and my mother the black one. So like, there's some. He he actually plays with it a lot because okay. in Zimbabwe, he plays like with those yeah. differences, sort of that. If you're white, it's not expected that you speak an African language. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, he yeah. doesn't really speak much, but like yeah. whenever he gets stopped by the police, I mean, yeah. everyone gets stopped by the police, <laughs> not because he's white, mm -hmm. but he, he, he will start speaking in Shona and they that totally think. disarms the police. They're, they're, right. they're, 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 they, they start laughing, they're hilarious, because they, for them, it's like a unicorn. Yeah. You know, it's for funny. them, it's totally yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And, and then the other thing is, but I think that's worldwide, that if you're lighter, people think you have money, basically. So they just they yeah. just expect you to have money and they try to get that from you. Do you do you know uh, Luis Ogola, a stand-up comedian from South Africa? No. He so he's he's South African, and he has a set where he talks about how he uh, traveled to to the U.S. and then like uh, a white beggar came to him and asked for money, and he gave him money and then uh, 
the beggar was like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks for helping me out, you know? Where are you from? And Luis would say, like, yo, I'm African. I'm, I'm South African. <laughs> the beggar looked at him and was like, you take it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so just like in that vein where you were like, okay, people always assume that white people have money. Even the white beggars think they have more money than That's Africans, just, you know? Yeah. So that was like, it was like, yeah. This amazing set. You need to check him out. But yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Do you guys think there's something uh, inherently comical about um, culture clashes or something comedic about it? Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think it's funny. I think even in my own life, sometimes I, I try to play with it. Like sometimes people ask, where you're from? And then I know the answer is not, what neighborhood do I live in, right? Yeah, 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 so yeah, sometimes yeah. I'll say, yeah, yeah, my father's from the Netherlands. And then I'll just stop and pause. <laughs> and then you can yeah. see them be like, they need short more. circuiting. Yeah. They're like, wait, no. Yeah. And then I say, and my mother's from Zimbabwe. And they're like, oh, <laughs> oh heart, heart attack avoided. Yes. So you sort of just play, you just try and play with it in, in, yeah. in these kind of ways that are just, you know, amusing. And you try to, I guess, buck people's expectations. That is yeah. your job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I love that he does that because uh, that's pretty much. Uh, uh, how I got started into being funny yeah. is uh, because I have such diverse experiences in my life. So if I'm in a Spanish setting, like I lived in Spain for yeah. two years. So sometimes like people are talking in Spanish and I'm just like nonchalantly listening. And sometimes yeah. they talk about me and then I join the conversation and they're just <laughs> like, wait, what? All their wiring that's been built to them, <laughs> it just short circuits. And they're just like, I have never seen a brown guy. <laughs> say these words like what what is going on and i i i, I love uh, doing that as yeah. well. so i i do think it's, it's there's something very inherently funny about just because it comes from assumptions a lot yeah, of it comes yeah. from assumptions and if you're busting the assumption like yeah you can make uh, make some nice comedy out of it definitely yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. oh that's lovely that's yeah. lovely all right i took a look in uh, my question book and there's uh there's not many questions left but uh, do you have any thoughts, any any questions, any ideas you still want to, you know, put in the in the sauce? I think we still have like 15 minutes, so so yeah, depending on or like yeah, if you guys have anything you want to share, add, think about when we're on the topic. Awkward silence. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, well, yeah. Let me take a look. Um, all right. So I was thinking. Okay. You know. We're going to talk about culture clashes, and um, you know I have to like you know have something like a concept that you know that I can at the end you know drop in that at least you know gives people like some not framework but like a a souvenir or an idea. And mm -hmm. have you guys ever heard of Hofstede? No. So there's this guy called Gerd Hofstede. I don't know if he's still alive, but uh, he came up with this concept and says that you know there's uh, you can divide, or now you can analyze cultures through different lenses globally. And he came up with this fr framework that you can, let's say, there's cultures that are distinguished in uh, power distance. So uh, I think I've heard of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I just didn't pay attention <laughs> before. Oh, <I'm> <laughs> no, 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 in, in my econ class, but I remember, <laughs> you remember them that? talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was like that, yeah. like basically how societies maybe expect, let's say, people of lower rank of power being able to do what yep. they want or say something, you know, or like how much they have a say, you know, and let's say, for example, in traditional Southern Mozambican culture, 
what the dad says is, is law. Yes. I don't know how it's uh, with the Dutch dad. <laughs> 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 but uh, so yeah, so like uh, he definitely has some nice frameworks where he touches on, let's say, masculinity, the expectation of genders. Um, also on like long-term planning, that they apparently he says that different cultures plan differently for long terms, and um, also uncertainty avoidance. So like how cultures are, let's say, open okay, to uncertainty. Yeah. And he explores definitely a few more. So for those interested in, in looking into something like that, Hofstede is your guy, Gert. Nice. And, um, but yeah, without further ado, I really, really enjoyed uh, your insights. They were uh, very, yeah, insightful, fruitful, you know, like uh, from comedic to politics to life experience to racism to being the only brown guy in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> that really stuck with me, man. That really stuck with me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, do you guys have any further thoughts on the topic? Otherwise, yeah? I think we're good. I think we're, we're good. good. We're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Simba and Ram, thanks for joining us. Awesome. And for everybody listening, thanks for listening. Thanks to uh, We The People for making this uh, possible. And, uh, you know, next time you encounter a culture clash, I guess... Uh, you know, look out, look for the funny stuff in it and create exposure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thanks. All right, guys. Cheers. Right. Thank you guys.